Welcome to the Ike Badgers Podcast. My name is Alex Ikestead, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode, Badgers fans, because it's been back-to-back weeks now with wins over ranked opponents. First Purdue, then number nine, Iowa. And these games are just getting more and more fun. So we've got a great episode to dive in today. 27-7 victory for the Badgers at home against the number nine ranked Hawkeyes. Wow, was that fun. Let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Badgers podcast. My name is Alex Ikestead. Thank you for tuning in, Badgers fans. And we have a great show today because we get to talk about Wisconsin's 27-7 trouncing of the Iowa Hawkeyes at Camp Randall on Saturday. Huge game for Wisconsin momentum-wise. Huge game in terms of just the rest of the Big Ten and what this means going forward for the Badgers. So we're going to talk about it all, and we're going to preview next week. I'm joined today by my co-host, KJ. KJ, how are you feeling after this big win? I feel good. You know, went over a top-10 opponent at home convincingly. Uh, defense looked amazing. They've actually ascended past Georgia into the number one spot, the number wow. one ranked defense in the entire college football landscape. So, so that's really cool. They were a lot of fun to watch. The offense even had some good moments too. So I'm excited to talk more about it. Thanks for having me. Yep. KG kind of mentioned the story. The defense came out and really helped this offense get going, uh, you know, creating turnovers. I think that was the big difference maker. Of course, Iowa did not protect the football that well. Uh, A couple of handoffs, they botched. Badgers were able to recover. But also a huge strip sack from Nick Herbig uh, led to, you know, another great possession for the Badgers down in enemy territory. There was a muffed punt by Iowa. And it just seems like this defense, when it's creating those turnovers, almost hits this new gear of good. Because we had seen this defense kind of stop the opposing offenses earlier in the season, but they couldn't hold on. You know, they couldn't hold on long enough where the offense could get it going. Now that the turnovers cage have started to, you know, come alive, how do you think that's changed the culture of this defense? You know, I think they're just becoming more hungry, uh, more ferocious, and it's showing in their play on the field. You see guys like Leo Chanel, Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, Jack Sanborn, Noah Burks, all these guys getting in on the action. They're just trying to, like, have fun and one-up each other. We, it makes me think of those sack contests that Chris Orr and Zach Bond would have during their senior seasons when I think, like, you know, Zach had 13-and-a-half, Chris had, like, 12-and-a-half or something like that. And it reminds me, this is a great time to bring it up, you know, there's no coincidence that this Badgers team in general is playing with a different mojo since Chris Orr is has been a consistent face on the sidelines. So Chris Orr, friend of the show, one of the best Badger linebackers ever play, um, you know, still looking for that spot in the NFL. He, he's had some uh, time with the, the Carolina Panthers, and until he gets that phone call, he's kind of helping out Wisconsin, and, and we've just seen different style, attitude, different, um, you know, ferocity from this defense, and, and no doubt, especially amongst the linebacking core, they've really taken oh, it to yeah. another level. It's been really fun, you know. I mean, football, when you have a fun defense, is very fun to watch. It's very entertaining because every play could be something. Yeah, you're right. No, it's it's incredible because, uh, I mean, Herbig breaking out with two and a half sacks, six solo tackles. He had that strip sack. There was a couple plays earlier in the season where he was very, very close to getting those strip sacks. 
no, most notably the Notre Dame game uh, where he was really close and just maybe a step away, but that was not the case against Iowa. You know, just technically perfect play in which he ducked the, the right tackle and then attacked the football. I just love seeing that. And then the guys kind of, you know, diving to the football was almost like a recover party. Like, who can recover the football? Because yeah. you know you were getting all the celebration. Keanu Benton was down on the on the turf looking for those footballs. Noel Burks had a recovery. Travion Blaylock had a recovery. And I just saw, like you said, KJ, just a, a different level of ferociousness, almost that competitiveness, because a lot of guys got into the sack column as well. The Badgers finished with six sacks on the day to Iowa zero sacks. So de- two defenses coming in very equally um, you know, respected around college football and the Badgers really flashed that they were the class. Let's talk about the offense a little bit though, because it was a 20 to zero game at halftime. So the offense did get a couple things going well. Graham Mertz finished the day 11 of 22 with 104 yards and one touchdown. Big number for him was zero interceptions. KJ Graham Mertz against Iowa. How do you think, you know, that's going to help him going forward this, this big win? Just a first, just another big win. You know, I think it's his first big win. Uh, you know, you could argue that the Mayo Bowl was a was a win, but I think uh, you know this is a bigger win. And 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 it's like Iowa was a good defense. They may not have been the best offense, but they really had a great defense. And Graham Mertz, you know, he didn't play great, but he had a touchdown. He didn't throw an interception. There's, there's a lot of positives to take away. He completed half of his passes. Didn't fumble. Uh, you know, he, exactly. Like he got Danny Davis, Chamir, Jake Ferguson involved. He got a couple other guys involved. Um, really, the, the offense, though, the, the main takeaway for me is Iowa. If you were looking into the stats last week, they had a top like 15 defense. Like they checked in at like 13 or something. And you look at the Badgers running back stats from this past week. And it just goes to show where if you put a good uh, defense in front of Ches Malusi, 19 carries. 48 yards with a that's a 2.5 yard very average. similar to what he did against Penn State and Notre with Dame only you know a five yard long he Ouch. had 19 carries with only a five yard long that's going up against a good defense you know that's not going up against like a trash defense so so, so you're going to face more of those against good teams right Badgers fans and then you look at Braylon Allen 20 carries 104 yards that's a 5.2 average Average and a 28-yard long, you know, that's more about what you can expect uh, in a big game, what you're going to need if you're going to take the W in a big game like that. So to me, that was the main takeaway from the offense is, like, I was interested to see how Ches would do because he's been kind of this lead back, uh, de facto lead back for Wisconsin. We've seen Jalen Berger transfer out, um, you know, or, or whatever happened there. We've seen a couple other guys uh, leave the program in terms of younger running backs. But really, Chez has kind of been the de facto starter. And if you look at what he did against this, you know, these subpar defenses, like he, he's busted out. He's had some great, uh, great plays, great games. But when you, you look at it, the, the better defenses, his numbers are significantly worse. And now if you take a, take a look at the entire season, he's averaging 4.7 yards per carry. Braylon Allen is averaging over two yards more per carry. He's averaging 6.8 yards per carry. He has more TDs. He's got a longer, long run. You know, he's just emerging into the better back. And I think uh, the carry should start to reflect that going forward is is the Badgers look to win as many games as they can. You know, we said it. Uh, Do you have anything to add right there? Oh, I was just going to say what I really noticed between those two backs 
is Braylon Allen actually has better vision. Like Ches Malusi, um, you would think maybe would have a leg up on that vision category, being more experienced, being older, not being as physical as Braylon Allen. But Braylon Allen is the guy who is letting his blockers, you know, get you know, get guys. And then he's the one who's also bouncing things to the outside. And so I think Braylon, there's no question who's the the number one back in my eyes. I think Chez is a good guy to kind of bring in and he's a solid Jamal Williams comparable type player. You know, you know what you'll get with Chez Malusi. He's not going to set the world on fire, but Braylon Allen is the special talent. He could have had a couple touchdowns too, if they decided to go with him instead of Chanel and Mertz near the goal line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like you you see like it, going back to what I was going to say, the Badgers right now are ranked uh, technically like 28th and 31st in the nation if you look at the amount of votes they received in the coaches and the AP poll. And so it's like every game right now is is huge, and every game is huge every week in college football, but... Every game, especially right now, as the Badgers are fighting for legitimacy in their season and reasons to keep playing onward, they're looking to get back into the top 25, first and foremost. And then from there, you go for it. You, you try and win the Big Ten. Uh, and, and once you get to that title game, anything can happen, and, and you go from there. But really, like we need to win next week's game to get us into the top 25. And that, in my opinion, would involve playing your best running back uh, the majority of the carries. So that's kind of all I'll say about that. Um, I also want to talk fun. about, yeah, how, you know, Graham Mertz did have two rushing touchdowns. Uh, both were QB sneaks. John Chanel was not able to punch it in from one yard out. That was, uh, it's just a surprising call for me to give it to a fullback that because they, they can't get a, you know, a, a good run. They're like, they only have like a one or two yard start to it and Chanel tried to jump over the line which is also something you 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 really maybe don't want to see a fullback attempt but he's athletic you know all confidence there but it's just almost the play calling Paul Chris has kind of learned that hey I can get one yard with Graham Mertz on a sneak maybe that's where he's starting to go in those close yard situations big six five Graham Mertz you know, he's probably tough to stop in those situations. So I, I did notice that. Uh, on you just got to win. Like, that was one of those games where the Badgers defense helped him out, but I'm happy they won there. But like you said, you know, maybe just Derrick Henry in the end zone with, with Braylon Allen. You know? I know. <laughs> yeah, get, let him, you know, let someone meet him at the point of attack. Like, even Iowa was shying away from him again. You just see how much force he runs with. I wouldn't want to tackle him, and I doubt I doubt any of these guys look forward to it. The receivers, Cage, you kind of mentioned that Danny Davis had a good game. He had five receptions, 59 yards. He also drew a pass interference, um, and he was kind of what stretched the field for the Badgers. I think he opened up the playbook a little bit. There were second and sevens. There were third down and longs where you were seeing Mertz actually step back and sling it for once. He also found Chimiri DK on a 22-yard reception, and Ferguson on that touchdown. uh, Ferguson actually had three short catches. But I think what I noticed about the receiving attack was, look, the key has always been Danny Davis. Like, we, you have to spread the field. Jake Ferguson can't spread the field for this Badgers offense in terms of, like, uh, receiving option. And so because of that, they were stacking the box. And when you get Danny Davis involved and you present a legitimate target on the outside that Mertz can maybe go to and build some confidence with, yeah. then that takes those 
safeties back. You know, those linebackers have to be thinking double. That allows Jake Ferguson to kind of go under the radar and get his touchdowns. It just really opens up the whole offense. I think Danny Davis is one of these guys that have to try to at least, you know, make the cornerbacks work. And he kind of proved it that he was the best receiver on the field this game. So I think that was big too. Any final thoughts, KG, from you on the offense? On the offense, I just saw improvement. Whether it was Graham Mertz not throwing picks, whether it was the running backs continuing to play well, uh, you know, whether O-line. it was the point total, exactly. Like, 27 no is, is enough points to usually win you a game. Like, maybe not against Ohio State, maybe not against someone who runs a spread and will score in the 30s. But against a team like Iowa, usually you can win a game with 27 points, and the Badgers did. So, so I got to give them credit. They got the job done, and they're knocking on the door of the uh, top 25. Imagine what would happen if the Badgers would have knocked off Iowa when they were number two uh, if they didn't lose to Purdue the prior week, who the Badgers also knocked off. So it's just kind of like we're building in the right direction here. Uh, Still have a long way to go with the offense. Still have a long way to go. Defense continues to be magnificent. And then... uh, I guess, yeah. You know, next up we have Rutgers. But before then, you want to do some good Badgers, bad Badgers? I I want to talk a little bit about the Big Ten landscape. So Michigan State played Michigan. It was one of those classic rivalries. Both teams were undefeated over the weekend. Actually caught some of that game as well. Michigan State ended up pulling it out. I was uh, shocked to see Harbaugh lose that. But on the, you know, the other side of the Big Ten, you've got Michigan State, who's 8-0. Every time Michigan, Ohio State's you think they're eight, back, seven and one, they're not actually back. That's the thing. Yeah, Michigan, they're almost half back, but uh, they're they're seven and one still. So you know they still have a chance. Um, Maryland five and three, Penn State five and three, Rutgers four and four, Indiana two and six on that side. It seems like Indiana's last year was just a fluke, as they would call it. <laughs> <laughs> on the ba- on the Badgers side of the Big Ten, definitely Minnesota leads the pack at four. That's one, shocking. Six That's and two. Absolutely shocking. So so you know what that means, KJ? He's got to knock them off. That means Wisconsin's got to knock them off because they're sitting in that two spot behind Minnesota at three and two in the Big Ten, five and three overall. Let's just focus on that. Wisconsin's back, you know, in the race here. They can almost they can win out. And they can get to the Big Ten ch- Conference Championship game, in which I don't think anyone wants to play this defense. No, no one what, does. What, what do you think the message is going to be from Paul Christ and Jim Leonard to the locker room about what they've been able to then rebuild this year? You know, I think it's just one that gives players confidence. And, I, and it makes you think of something Keanu Benton just said. And that's just, you know, do it again. Just run it back, do it again. Every week, do the same thing. It, it makes me think, though, just looking at the Big Ten standings, Iowa really just blew an opportunity. I mean, to have your program yeah. ranked number two, to lose against a piss-poor Purdue team, like, that is just agony as a fan when your program is ranked that high. Honestly, the Badgers football team has never been ranked that high. So it's like... Two? Yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, like, that I can even... Fat, I, don't, I don't think they have been... You need some uh, luck to get up Because we've the never even, like, dropped like from that. there. You know, it's like it's not like we've ever gotten that high and then for a week and then, like, dropped. Like, oh, heartbreak. If, if you even get that high, because we've gotten to, like, number number five, number four, stuff like that. And when you take an L in those moments, you're like, oh, you know, like, what could have been to our season? You know, and then Iowa to go from number two 
to the number ship's- 19. Just sad, you know, because it's like everybody knew they weren't the best team, the second best team, but maybe they could like hold on uh, to get to the big ten. Yeah, maybe you could like tightrope your way in, into like an elite situation. Like maybe you can figure some things out and and uh, win the, you know, get yourself a spot in the playoff or whatever. But, you know, obviously Iowa showed their true colors. And not only that, but Penn State did as well. These teams are just losing to unranked teams. And I can't say the Badgers haven't done that, but it's just like, well, actually, you know, I don't think the Badgers have done that this year. Yeah, not, not this year. Yeah. But, uh, but, but it's like, um, you know, they're making the Big Ten look really bad in the yeah. sense of how Iowa's gone from see. number two to, like, number 19 and how Penn State's gone from, like, number five to, like, you know, number 22, and then how Michigan takes an L. Like, Michigan is gifted this number nine ranking from, from the pollsters this week. Like, oh, man, the Badgers should have beat them. And so they so got what their... did Michigan State clock in at, Cage? Michigan State is clocking in at number five right now, ahead of Ohio State. I don't know if anyone really believes they're better than Ohio State. We shall see. Uh, I believe that they play each other. I'm actually going to quick check that. Maybe they don't. Yeah, they do. They do. So Ohio State will play Michigan in the second to last, or sorry, Michigan State the second last game of the year, and then they'll play Michigan in the last game of the year. And those programs are ranked five and nine. So Ohio State is probably going to like go into the Big Ten championship game ranked like number two overall, just from like knocking off back to back ranked opponents. Because you know that they'll probably knock off the back to back ranked opponents. Oh yeah. Uh, Michigan, you know, I can see them losing another game. Like, Michigan State for sure losing another game. I don't know if they can go undefeated, but maybe. Well, how, about, how about this? Yeah. You know, if Michigan State wins out on that side and Wisconsin wins out, Wisconsin can take that Michigan team, Michigan State team. Like, that that would be one of the most favorable Big Ten matchups the that would be had. It would almost it would almost be similar back to those Kirk Cousins, uh, Russell Wilson days. Michigan State, Wisconsin again at the top of the Big Ten. Wow, what a year it's shaping up to be. Yeah. I think uh, I think the well, Badgers have to be confident because they're like, look, we we were hearing from players on the defense. We should have been a top 10 team. And I think they kind of felt that way all year. And now they have this opportunity to win out and kind of control their own destiny. It's not going to be easy, but definitely uh, I believe they can do it. I want to just talk a little bit about good Badgers, Badgers, KJ, just in general before we, you know, preview the next week's game. Starting off for me, good Badgers, right, is – I just I just got to shout out to the man Colin Wilder because this grit factory, right? Grit, yes. The grit factory. Maybe you've seen this, Badgers fans. There's like a hat that's going around. Um, and Colin Wilder has kind of embodied this grit, you know, culture. He's kind of a gritty player in the fact that he, he kind we of— We need him. Yeah, we need him to kind of be that leadership. I even heard from Zach Bond, hey, keep your eye on Colin Wilder. I think he knew about his leadership ability. And this year, Colin Wilder has just kind of taken what was, you know, a team that maybe was looking for a leader on defense and really ascended. Um, He's not Jack Sanborn. He's not Leo Chanel. He's not the two best linebackers, arguably, in the nation. But he is kind of risen up to become this focal point of this defense. And so I would say since then, 
you know, things have changed. Things have changed dramatically. So I just want to give a shout out to him in the back. Uh, you know, the DNs, they get a ton of credit. Linebackers get a ton of credit. But he's actually been huge, I think, from a cultural and leadership standpoint. KJ, who is your good Badgers? A hundred percent. I mean, Colin Wilder's just been so fun to watch. He's definitely like a team favorite, uh, fan, fast becoming a fan favorite. We can only hope he uh, plays some, some amazing football as the season goes on. My good Badgers this week, it's so hard to pick because I was either going to go with Leo Chanel for his birthday, because he's been playing amazing, or Nick Herbig for, for you know, just the fact that he's been playing so well and Two and a half sack. sack leader for the Wisconsin Badgers. But I have to give the slight edge to Herbie Gibbs this week because oh. of that. <laughs> Herbie Gibbs. Her, Nick Herbig is uh, not only is he leading the Badgers in sacks, and that was one of his main goals coming in the offseason, was, um, you know, he, he – uh, he, he really wanted Herbie to Gibbs. improve. He really wanted to improve his pass rush. So he's done that. You know, you see that on the on the field, and then off the field. You know, we asked him a question like, "Hey Nick, how would you describe your brand?" And he really was like, "You know, I don't really, I'm not really sure." That's a good question. And then to see him uh, just put out this Herbie Gibbs thing is is really cool because it's aimed towards helping, uh, you know, young athletes really just Why? reach higher levels. Especially those in Hawaii, exactly. And so that's like a really cool cause, in my opinion, because it's something that doesn't you don't hear about every day. Uh, there's a lot of him. Exactly, it's unique to him. It's in alignment with him. I think that this is really something that is perfect for Nick. And I would encourage everyone to go and check it out. Herbie Gibbs. Uh, it's on Instagram. I'm not sure if there's a Twitter account, but uh, there should be. Um, Herbie Gibbs. You know, it's just something uh, a cool thing that Nick is doing to help. You know young players from Hawaii and the islands and really all over the place reach the higher levels. So that's, that's my good badges this week. When you do something like that and like, you kind of take, you know, a step out of your comfort zone to start something like Herbie gives, but it can mean so much to the youth. It could be, you know, to the community and then to come out and have a two and a half stack game, including mm -hmm. a set, a strip, which was almost, you know, could have been a defensive touchdown at the ball bounced one yard to the left. So true. I mean, it's almost like that, that karma came around back for Nick and now he's reaping the reward. So it should be exciting to see how he finishes the year flip to the bad side. Uh, not a ton of bad badgers in this game, actually, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful week. Badgers fans. We don't have, we don't have a ton to really get upset about. Um, I think for me, my bad badgers is the short yardage situations because those haven't been as easy as Wisconsin's used to those, you know, ha having those look. And in the past, you just run JT and trust that he would get you those yards <laughs> this year. It's kind of been, it's a little different. I mean, Kyle Marsh, again, had two short field goals, less than 35 yards. And so the Badgers are kind of finding themselves in this point where, where do they go in short yardage situations? I mentioned how well they're doing Graham Mertz in the sneaks. But, of course, there's those mid-yardage situations, maybe those third and threes where you're not sure if you should run it or pass yeah, it. Yeah, that's tough. And that's kind of where I see this team getting themselves into in a, in a lot of situations. And maybe the answer there is Jake Ferguson. Maybe he's the guy to kind of go to in those situations. Well, it makes all the action. sense in the world. Yeah, it makes all the sense yeah. in the world. You have a world-class All-American tight end. Like, you should use him in those really as many situations as you can. Like, that's the beauty of the tight end position is they're meant to be versatile. They're meant to be accessible in every play. 
he could even, you know, throw a block to begin a play and roll out for like a your little escape route right there. Like they should be using Ferguson all the time. And then again, you know, just double on Saturdays. Like they should be using him all the time. You could only it's hope nice that, that, that that's a valid point. You know, those yeah. short situations, because I envision those becoming like third and fives, third and sixes versus Ohio State, you know, versus if it, the Badgers are fortunate enough to make it to the Big Ten title game, which I hope they do. I envision those being like, ah, you can't really run a Braylon Allen here, so you need to like throw. You know, you gotta throw. Yeah, option. Yeah, like you have to throw, and, and Graham Mertz is gonna have to throw against good teams, and, and we'll see what happens. This last week versus Iowa was kind of like an aberration. Uh, my bad, Badgers. You know, if you look at the last couple weeks, Braylon Allen has had 18 rushes, 131 yards, and a touchdown versus Illinois. He had 16 rushes, 108 yards, and a TD versus Army. 12 rushes, 140 yards, and two touchdowns versus Purdue. And then 20 rushes for 100 yards. It's four straight weeks with 100-plus yards, 120-plus yards a game average. I think it's time that uh, he's, you know, the feature back. I, I think he's kind of working his way into that, but but I, I don't want to say that's a bad Badgers or a good Badgers, but I think that that needs to become like a reality Badgers. Like, he he's a good back. <laughs> he's too much of a talent to really just not have on the field, you know? And, I think and, right now what it is is uh, they're using the fumbles as a reason to still give Chaz the ball. And Okay, okay. And, and I see that, you know, you're like, okay, Braylon's had some hand problems, but he was wrapping it up on his 28-yard long, Badgers fans, when he went flying into that kicker net. Uh, Braylon Allen had two hands on the football at the end. He's like, look, you're going to have to rip this thing from my cold, dead hands before you get this, this ball this time. I think he's learning, and I... I do think, Cage, that's the plan because Chaz just isn't putting up the production. He really isn't. Yeah, yeah, he was earlier, but really it hasn't been good enough to make a difference, honestly. No. That's been Braylon. That's been Braylon and the defense that have been making the difference. Yeah, I think Braylon is a, he's a difference maker for this offense. He's maybe what it takes to get everyone going. I was thinking about this during the game, and I don't know if I should bring it up, but I'm just going to go for it. You know, were those three losses early in the year part of the Graham Mertz learning curve? Or is it because it's like, okay, he's he's still young in terms of college football standards. And if the Badgers win out the rest of this year and, and say they finish with three or four losses, right? Is this year a success if you're Paul Chris? If you're looking at, okay, Graham Mertz, you know, year one, you know, was uglier than year two. Year two obviously started off horrible, but then, you know, the team kind of bonded near the end. Um, how do you think the coaches are taking into this, or do you think they're just like, look, we still have a quarterback issue, and we're just trying to make do with what we can? You know, I think right now they're just focused on week by week, and I think it's showing on the field. Like, we're, we're at least in these games. Like, they're not the finished, beautiful product we've come to expect, but... I think they're honestly taking it week by week, and they're going to reevaluate in the offseason. I think maybe some other programs, maybe some other staffs, even if it was the NFL, you'd be looking ahead more. But this is like the here and now for this program. So uh, they do have a lot of season to fight for. So, yeah, those definitely were learning, growing moments, growing pains even for Graham Mertz. And it was bizarre how he had such a great game versus Illinois last year and then such like a, a tough game from a quarterback perspective versus Illinois this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, but it is, you know, it is something that just like with Giannis, just like with any any young athlete or, or anyone in life, like it just it'll just make you better on the back end. It'll just make you stronger and uh you just got to move forward, you know, week by week. Let's let's win this coming week. Let's win these upcoming weeks and get to the Big 10 Championship game. Let's win that and go yeah. from there. Yeah, it's like that armor's forged in fire, you know, type saying or whatever that is. Exactly. Um, But, you know, looking ahead at Wisconsin's schedule, Saturday, it's Rutgers. Yep. The week after that, it's Northwestern. The week after that, Nebraska. And then uh, the week after that, Minnesota. So the Badgers here have three games, Rutgers, Northwestern, Nebraska, in which I believe they should take care of business on and win all three of those. Minnesota, who's first in the Big Ten West, they've got Illinois, and then they've got Iowa and Indiana before the Badgers meet them on November 27th. So if I'm looking at these next three games, Cage, like Wisconsin has to win them all. Yeah. But which which one of these teams, I guess, like is like, you know, the potential where the Badgers may cough this up in your eyes? Oh, you got to look at Northwestern. I mean, they're just too smart. They're too smart. <laughs> they could easily I'm smart, yeah. <laughs> they could easily just pull a victory out. Honestly, we've seen it before. You'd be a fool to overlook them. Uh at Camp Randall, that's gonna be helpful. I mean, even Rutgers, if you think about it, it's like you're going to the East Coast. The Badgers this year, if you look at their away games, they've gone to Soldier Field, which is Notre Dame. That's you know, not technically away. That's like an hour south of, well, I guess it's a little further from Short Madison, bus ride. You have at Illinois, the same thing. You know, you're not even leaving the time zone. It's just like keep going a little further south. You have at Purdue, just pop on down the road to Indiana. Once again, very short. And then you have at Rutgers. This is the first real time the Badgers football team is traveling this entire year. <laughs> Pray that it works out okay. Pray <laughs> that it works out okay. Um, yeah. Rutgers I think we'll take care of business. I think the team is going to take care of business. Aaron Crookshank is over there. You know, he's kind of making some noise in the receiving core. Uh, former Badger who transferred. He's, he's got 20 catches, 244 yards. I he's believe that would, you know, that might even be the best on the on the Badgers if, if he was on our team, but I'd have to double-check that. Um, yeah, you know, in terms of trap game, I think, I think it's either these next two weeks. I think if we can win these next two weeks, we're going to – we're going to take care of business at Minnesota. Uh, we always seem to focus up for that, you know? Like, it's yeah. never like we don't get up to play for that game. We always play very well. And Nebraska, we always seem to do well in that one. Like, we don't really trap game that one. We always seem to, like, dominate Nebraska. Dominate Nebraska. But let's hope Going that back it, to Gordon. Yeah, let's hope that we don't overlook them because they are they do have talent in the program. Yep. Rutgers, they are four and four currently, one and four in the Big Ten. Then Northwestern is three and five overall, one and four in the Big Ten. And Nebraska is three and six overall, one and five in the Big Ten. So the Badgers are actually playing three of the four worst teams in the Big Ten in these three games before Minnesota. So in my eyes, this is this is churn and get W time, you know, next week. Just like Keanu Benton said, you keep punching, you get your wins. And you see what happens. Iowa's got to go play Minnesota. Um, and there's no question that maybe... I can see Iowa winning that game. Yeah, me too. And so um, either way, it's going to come down to Wisconsin playing Minnesota in that final game. My, my guess is... Uh, 
based on kind of how things are shaping up, it's almost like another rematch, another chance to play spoiler. But I think that's, you know, a great time to end it today, KJ. I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? You know, I think the Badgers are looking good. I think that, uh, like I said, our defense is number one. Our offense is improving. And Braylon Allen looks like a feature back. I hope they play him many, many carries. Yep. And I think that's always something to, you know, if you're Wisconsin, you have the number one defense and you've got a young, good running back, you can win games and you can make it to the Big Ten Championship. So that's what the Badgers' goal should be. I think that's where their mind is. And we're excited. You know, Rutgers is going to be a nice game this weekend. Hopefully get Braylon Allen cooking and get Graham Mertz cooking as well. Uh, Should be fun. Thanks for tuning in, Badgers fans. We're in over 95 countries around the world. And we're almost in all 50 states as well. So if you could just tell another Badgers fans about this podcast, that's the number one way you can help us grow. Leaving a five-star review is also very helpful or subscribing. Um, and if you like this podcast, go check out the Ike Packers podcast. Yep. That is some great stuff. The Green Bay Packers just knocked off the undefeated 7-0 Arizona Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Defense is it's just a lot of fun over there on Ike Packers and Ike Bucks. We just had Pat Connington, NBA champion, on the show. That is a tremendous episode. Pat has a lot of valuable insight, which he shares, and I encourage everyone to go listen to that. Um, and so a lot of great content here at Ike, and we're always happy to have you. So until next time, Badgers fans, on Wisconsin.